The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. My next guest is a morning show co-host at Virgin Radio in Toronto, who's been on air across Canada from home in Nova Scotia to out west in British Columbia. And she's passionate about giving a voice to the LGBTQ plus community in Toronto and beyond. I was in one of my first full-time gigs. I was in Prince George. And while my on-air and my management team were incredibly supportive, I was scared to be a gay woman on a rock station because of, you know, the flack. And so I kind of minimized myself a lot. And to see where we are now, that I can be out and talk about, you know, my partner or pride and that it's just, it's celebrated. We can pat ourselves on the back for having, you know, a lot of mainstream a lot of mainstream success with that. Um, there are so many uh, underrepresented folks. When we have these conversations about, about pride and representation in media, while we've come a long way, it's not done yet. Welcome to my next guest, Jax Irwin of Virgin Mornings. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? You know what, I'm doing all right. There's, as we all know, during this pandemic, there's ups and downs and uh, life parts and dark parts, but I'm doing all right. This week has been, um, this week has been, good you know things are looking up a little bit and it's getting warmer and almost into the summer and it's it's feeling good so i'm 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 happy and i hope everybody's staying safe and well because it is a it's a wild ride isn't it isn't it <laughs> how long have you been on that morning show now we just hit two years in january so uh, almost two and a half years yeah so yeah. two years two years into this journey that is morning radio in market number one in toronto how is it working with two dudes Two dudes, like on paper, you like you. I'm not sure what you would think, but I love every second of it. They are honestly, and this is so cheesy. Um, and at first, maybe we thought it was going to be the honeymoon phase, but like they're my best friends, and I get to go to work with. Yeah, like I love them to death, and um, it's it's interesting because a lot of shows, you know, when you start a morning show, you're just getting to know each other. But Adam and I have known each other for seven years tj and i have known each other for like four years uh producer jesse who's just the the best man ever i've known him since i started uh here in toronto um like almost seven years ago so i am like it's so cheesy and corny like i said but i'm the luckiest the luckiest i love those guys to death yeah it's it's been going really well did you always want morning radio? Was that like your goal from the start, getting into radio? That was the game plan. I grew up listening to, uh, I grew up in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I was obsessed with the C100 morning show. So I always wanted to get to that. And that was always, that was always the goal. Yeah. Was your first gig in radio uh, out east? My first gig was part-time. Yeah. In college, um, someone was silly enough to hire me part-time while I was in college. Uh, I was working at Z103, um, the kind of mini version of the Toronto station. It's now, uh, it's now a different station, but back in Halifax in my, in my college years, my second year of college. And then, uh, and then full-time I went, I went out West. So yeah, first time in Halifax. Tell me about the big move to Toronto. How did that go? It was terrifying and exhilarating and wonderful and challenging and beautiful. And it was, it was just, it, it was everything. I always wanted to get to Toronto. I mean, um, Halifax is the best place in the world. I love it to death, but I always want to get to Toronto and Ontario is one of my favorite places. Um, it was, I mean, it's scary. It's scary. And Halifax and Nova Scotia and the Atlantic provinces are a bubble and it's all my family are there. It's, it's beautiful, but coming to Toronto was something that I always wanted to do. And you know, from friends to coworkers to everything, the transition was thankfully really easy because I was really supportive here and um, everyone was really kind, but it was scary. It was scary. You know, there's, there's a lot of street cars in comparison to Halifax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. So if I have this right, was your first gig in Toronto um, working for Kiss 92? 
Yes, it was. Yeah, I was doing uh, I was doing middays there. And yeah, that was my first gig living in Halifax coming to Toronto. So I worked there for about, almost four years. When did you start sharing more about your personal life on the air? Definitely. I mean, it was a shift from solo to, you know, to co-hosting um, because literally you have more time. So it was more so when I started in morning radio. Um, I was definitely a lot I was, you know, I've always been out on air. I've always been, I've always been proud about that aspect of my life. But with the time constraints, you can't really say what's going on in your personal life or your, or anything in your life when you're, you know, under 30 seconds. So definitely more so when I started um, with, with Adam and TJ, um, but I was definitely allowed to share a little bit more pockets on, on, on Kiss. It was pretty, pretty lovely in that regard. Yeah, I guess with morning radio, you know, there's usually when you're launching a new morning show, there's a lot of strategy and planning that goes into who's playing what character and all of that. So how did those early conversations go with uh, TJ and Adam? Uh, we, they wanted our relationship to be as transparent as possible. Like we are friends in real life and they wanted to kind of have, have that represented on the air properly. And, you know, we always say that we want to be as inclusive and, and as engaging and as accessible as possible. And that was just kind of our only, our only plan. And we, we get along in real life. So we wanted that to go on air, to go on air. So that was kind of the only game plan. It was, I mean, with any show formulation, it's, it's hard and it's really hard work. And we worked really, really hard to, you know, refine and we're still, you know, a newer show, but we, there's a lot of love that goes into it for sure. You can hear it. You can see it like on your socials. Yeah. Like Thank it's, you. it is out there. Um, I'm thinking back, I think it was two years ago, maybe could be three even because time is fine. Canadian music week. I saw you speak on a panel. Uh, I don't even remember what the panel was about at this point in time, but I remember thinking like, God, her confidence, you know, it made me really proud for Toronto radio to have someone like you. I didn't know you at all then. I think I saw you in the, I saw you in the bathroom after. And I remember being like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah you yeah. do remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Of course. Yeah. Do you get a lot of listeners reaching out about that too? I do. I, I have a lot of, I, I've tried to like to, to really establish because like you said, like when I came here from Halifax, like I was coming here from Halifax. So it's been really important to me to get to know people in Toronto and the GTA and, and, and chat with people and, and start friendships and start relationships because, you know, a listener is a listener is a listener um, forever hopefully if they'll stay with us. Um, But yeah, I I do have a lot of folks reaching out and especially like, I mean, honestly, a lot of, a lot of um, queer folks and and folks that are in the uh, LGBTQ plus community reaching out. And that's really important to me and and holding those relationships is really important to me. So it's been pretty lovely in that regard. What about, uh, you know, media people that you idolized growing up? Was there anyone that represented, you know, that or queer community for you? I mean, on a larger scale, like a, I guess, international scale, of course, Ellen. And Ellen was the first person that I saw. And, you know, there's been a different person now than she was that. Yeah, I'll I'll just say that. But um, there was, it was the first time I had seen androgyny in media and, and really kind of expressed it that way. And I have always, you know, dressed more and presented more masculine and androgynous. And I hadn't seen myself represented that way. And that was profound to me and the way that she carried herself with not only humor and confidence, but kindness was like just, you know, because I hadn't seen that. I hadn't, I hadn't seen representation like that from a gay woman. It was always just, this is a gay woman, not this is a gay woman that's making everybody laugh or taking care of everyone or entertaining everyone. It was, it was really, really cool to me to see, to see her, to see her doing that and to grow up. And I don't know, it almost felt like because Ellen's okay, I could be okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, like when I was, when I was a lot younger, it was, it was really comforting to me. 
So, I mean, you just told me like so many wonderful things about your, your experience being gay, but I imagine there have been some tougher moments as well. Um, whether they were, you know, in your first steps getting into the media or just outside of media. Um, tell mm-hmm. me about something that still has to be considered in this discussion about representation. We have come so far with representation and, and you know, equality and, and having folks on and off the air that really represent great things, but we are a long ways away from equality. In, in a full regard. And I think that, you know, while we can pat ourselves on the back for having, you know, a lot of mainstream, a lot of mainstream success with that, um, there are so many uh, underrepresented folks across the globe and in Toronto and in, in every aspect. So I think, um, you know, when we have these conversations about, about pride and representation in media, while we've come a long way, it's not done yet. Um, and I think it's important to con- like to keep that going. The momentum has to continue. It's not done. And it's been it's we are light years ahead of where even I mean, I started in media in 2009, 2010. And my first gigs like I was in one of my first full time gigs. I was in Prince George. And while my on air and my management team were incredibly supportive, I was scared to um, I was on a rock format and I was in northern British Columbia, which a lot of people are in, wonderful and tolerant. But like I was still scared to be a gay woman on a rock station because of, you know, the flack. And so I kind of minimized myself a lot and to see where we are now that I can be out and talking about, you know, my partner or pride and that it's just, it's celebrated. That is still, we're still a long ways away from, um, you know, where we should be, but we're on our way. I'll put it that way. There's a long response to a short question. How, how do you feel about pride being one month in June? Is it still important? Does it still do the same thing that it's always done? You know, I think that we, we saw something different happen with the pandemic. And I chat a lot about this last summer, um, especially rightfully so with all the conversations around um, black queer folk and trans black women that were coming about after, uh, after everything we saw in June is that the, because of the pandemic and because all of pride had to be virtual, these conversations were happening in a different way and they seemed to be going longer and deeper, which was like, almost exciting and that we were like it wasn't just you know marching down marching down young on one day at the end of June and then like everybody said these these were important conversations these were these were overdue conversations they were longer conversations again um, you know for the for the black and trans communities especially so I think that there's been a lot more work hopefully done this year um, a lot deeper work um, and I, I hope that because I mean we have pride week we have pride month but of course, these conversations should be happening every day, 365, right? If you could change anything about how straight people are having conversations about this stuff, what would it be? I don't, I, that's a hard question. Um, don't be afraid to ask and to be curious and to like to educate, to educate yourselves and don't be um, scared to do research and go deeper. And that, that is a really important thing is to do your research and, and to educate yourself. We are incredibly lucky. Like we have, you know, technology at our fingers and any question that you ever want answered for anything is all available online. And don't be afraid to be curious and to learn more and to share um, and, and converse with one another because that's, you know, these open conversations and these dialogues are what's going to make everybody, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more informed. What is the most backwards thing that anyone has ever said to you in media? Something Ooh. you didn't agree with. Um, Don't need a name, just whatever. Oh, no. Okay. Um, oh, I, I, how did they say it? And it really, it was years ago. Um, it'd be a little more feminine. Like, but they didn't say it like feminine. They said it like less gay. Be a, be a little more girly, be a little more feminine. They kind of put it that way. 
Um, it was it was backwards. And they were just kind of saying, be a little bit less butch is, is what they were saying. Um, that was years no. ago. <laughs> oh, let's bring up let's bring up some repressed, repressed memories. Here, I'm sorry. We? I'm sorry. No, no, that's OK. That's OK. Yeah. How do you deal with a comment like that? Uh, at the time, it really like it. Because I was, and I, I, um, you know, I love feedback. And at that time I was, I was vulnerable and I was impressionable and I wanted to, you know, appease my, my program directors and the people that were, you know, giving me guidance. I kind of shelled a bit at that moment, but at this time, I mean, don't listen. Is that <laughs> fair to say? Don't listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if you're getting feedback and you, you have to stay true to yourself, which is so much easier said than done, but, um, off- authenticity will go a lot longer than you know what I mean than than doing what they tell you yeah especially when it's things like that you can't change you can't change the way you sound you can't change the way you look so uh who gave you the best piece of advice you've ever received in media oh that is a hard one uh okay so because I'm from the Maritimes I and I like I I think just because of my general disposition I talk really fast and I remember a PD saying to me years and years ago um Brad expletive slow that down where are you going to because I was just racing like my pacing was like like you couldn't make out what I was saying and now that I like listen back to audio and things like that like and so I try to like just have that in general um general content creation like don't rush anything but I was going a mile a minute back then and I mean I still talk fast but I try to talk fast slow down (laughs) it's the enthusiasm I hear it I hear it people think I drink a lot of coffee which I do in the mornings but by the afternoon I'm still just as speedy yeah, <laughs> it happens, whatever. And what's your best advice for, you know, someone up and coming in the media industry? Get, get ready to work your butt off because that's what, <laughs> that's what it takes. And, and don't be afraid of hard work. And always, I mean, to a point, of course, always say yes and be willing. And I mean, we, you've seen it. Um, jobs are so multifaceted right now. You have to have your hands kind of in everything and, and don't be afraid to um, ask for a little extra work or how can I help? That was really, really important. And I remember some of my, my broadcasting professors said that they said, always go the extra mile. And like, while it's, you know, cheesy, you, you've got to, at this point, uh, media is unfortunately getting smaller and smaller. You have to be better at different things and, and be willing to help out. It is a small industry. So everybody, you know, needs to work together. So, um, and also just get excited. It is one of the most wonderful wonderful careers ever and we literally get to make people laugh and learn for a living so it's it's a really exciting it's a really exciting thing to do get pumped mm-hmm. uh, it is it is one of the best industries there's so much fun to be had and like we're all like chained inside right now like i can't wait to get out <laughs> i know yeah but yeah, your your setup looks cool where you're where you're chained into there that's oh, great thank you so another advice question here what about advice for younger you something you wish you could have told yourself like maybe while you were in prince george it's so much easier said than done, but be you. I was a girl. I was scared to be myself. And like, and I mean, coming out of radio college, we're all trying to, you know, be these, you know, certain types of, um, I I was trying to be this announcer or that announcer. I I thought I had to fit in a box. And I think if I could go back in time, just be you and be silly and, um, be authentic and be genuine. When I started having the most fun in my career, it's when I just kind of let loose. And when I was just like, okay, I'm weird. Like, I I don't think this is going to change. So just lean into it. Right. (laughs) Like, there's not, I, not much I can do about it. So yeah. What's the weirdest thing about you? Like what, what is the weirdest thing about Jack Irwin? Um, I mean, content wise, I, I danced in mayonnaise in 38 degree weather last summer. And like, nobody asked me to, like, <laughs> nobody asked me, it's like, nobody asked me to, I was like, that, you know, what needs to be on the internet is this video. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a kind of a weird brain sometimes, but you know what? It's a great industry to have a weird brain. In, so. 
So it's folks, she's being her. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. I used to be like, okay, I have to be this like certain CHR jock or I have to like, cause I used to listen to a lot of like American radio, especially. And I mean, when you're female in radio, like you, and especially growing up and with a lot of like women in kind of boxed roles, um, I thought I had to be that. And once I started just, um, excuse my language, but saying, fuck it. That's when I started having a blast. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So it kind of sounds like, you know, you've reached this big milestone, like being on a morning show. What are the other kind of things that you're dreaming up? Uh, Keeping the morning show, (laughs) Uh, saying it, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, no. um, Yeah. Continuing. I mean, like, I'd love to continue the show for as long as I can. It's like I said, an absolute blast. Um, I would love to get into more, you know, different aspects of media. Um, a little bit more uh, television, hopefully. You're so I good like when to- you're on TV, man. I've seen it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're so good. You're so nice to me. Thank you. I'm not just yeah, being you nice. Might no, a- but you're, you're so What nice. is the show that I've seen you like on a panel on? Um, I've done the social before, like with mul- multiple people. Yes. So those ladies are a blast. Do you always like the topics? Uh, usually. And they, they run it. They run the body, right? So you can at okay. least like get preps and see where you actually land on them. Um, yeah, they, they have a really good production team. So usually it's like fun topics or spicy topics. It's yeah. usually good. And that like crew of women have such, um, like contrasting views that it's, you, it's a debate, right? So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me like a yeah. spicy topic lately that you really enjoyed when you were on. Uh, oh, um, is it okay to text your ex? Something that, um, is a little bit different for, I think, straight women than uh, gay women. Cause all gay women keep in touch with their exes but we had um some of the ladies saying like no 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 you can't keep in touch with your exes some of them saying yes but it's like yeah it was a, it was it was a it was a good time what's your take on that can you <laughs> yes i'm fr- like i'm friends with all my exes everybody's good we actually have chatted about that on virgin mornings a couple of times because some t- people text me and be like stay away from your exes but yeah no i'm friends with all my exes it's good yeah that's hilarious yeah. adam always makes the jokes that the gays stick together so there you go or, or maybe they just like really understand friendship. You know what? I feel like female, like friendship, like relationships are also friendships on top of that. So it's like, yeah, keep in yeah. touch, right? Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. So, I mean, putting all the the conversation about, you know, your your personal life, specifically being gay aside, what about just how much you share? Because this is something for all women in media, you know, yeah. kind of a line that you have to draw. I, I mean, originally I, because I was coming from solo jock background, I wasn't sure how to be vulnerable, how much to say, how much not to say. And like, I did have some, you know, I had to take some prodding and thankfully Adam and TJ are really good at that. They're like, this is a safe space. We can talk about this. I don't have too many lines. I, I don't have too many lines that I draw. I want to be as open um, as possible because you never know what somebody, what's going to resonate with somebody, right? And what somebody is going to need to hear or want to hear or not necessarily want to hear and need to hear. Um, so I think it's important to be as, as much of an open book as possible. I don't really have much that I'll, I'll hide in, but it's been, a, it's been a practice of vulnerability for sure because vulnerability is terrifying. <laughs> Always is. Is there, um, is there something you can think of that you shared, let's say over the last two years on this morning show that you really got some feedback that it did resonate? I have, um, my dad passed away actually, um, right, right before we started the morning show, like just as we, yeah, really, he would, yeah, he passed away right before. And it's, um, I haven't really like talked about it fully on air, but I've, I've, you know, I've referred to my 
dad passing or, you know, this time last year, or, you know, this is my dad's one or two anniversary or things like that. Like just like little, little pieces. Mm-hmm. And I have, uh, those are the messages that stick out from folks. Like, you know, I'm 32, which isn't young, but it's like, you know, I, it's still a little bit young to lose a parent and, and people who are in their twenties or late, late twenties or early thirties reaching out that, um, that helped them. They lost their parents or maybe their parents sick. Those are the messages that, 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 um, really land. Yeah. It's so important to still share like moments like that because, you know, especially in that top 40 format, it, yeah, you know, you can sense that, you know, especially program directors and um, consultants, they want you to be happy and provide that Mm -hmm. escape for your listener. But at the same time, like it's almost more powerful to be having something that resonates, even if it's not the peppiest topic for sure. Well, exactly. And like, you know, um, especially we're seeing it now, like life is complex and life is hard sometimes. And those are the things that, and I'll be back to selling Bieber in a second, but like, it's good to talk about those things because they're real, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and life is complex. And yeah, some of those messages that I've had from listeners and even, or, or listeners talking about it now being like, I heard you talk about this, you know, a year or two ago and I wasn't ready to talk about it. And like, I, I love to engage in those kind of conversations. And thanks for being so open about all this. You're a wonderful interviewer. You're a, a, a tremendous interviewer. I'm having a lot of fun. Thank you. Stop. Yeah. Stop. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Um, what makes you feel empowered uh, in your role now? So, and I'm talking from all aspects, management, um, the coworkers, I think you've sort of covered a little bit. I will say that, especially where I am now with Bell Media, there's a lot of female leadership. And that was one thing that I was like, okay, yeah, this is badass, right? Like there's a lot of powerhouse females in the building. And that empowers me because I see like, it's, I see it on every level, right? So you're seeing it. So you're, you feel empowered. Um, and also the belief um, in me to just be silly and just, just be myself. And from those powerful ladies, like just, they, yeah, they believe in transparency and authenticity. And that's what gets me going. That's what, yeah. Genuine curiosity because mm-hmm. I've never, I've, I've worked for a female for like three months just because of how getting other jobs yeah. and, and whatever has worked. So genuine curiosity, what is the, what have you found to be the difference between female management and male management? I've looked out with a lot of my male managers. So like, I, I can't really say that there's a big difference, but like, I don't know, women just get it right. So, and that's <laughs> nothing against the men that I've worked for because they've all, you know, been darlings, but yeah. women just get it and there's a different level and especially women in broadcast because there is I mean we are so much further than where we used to be and I can't speak to the 80s 90s but they were 
a really hard place from every everything I hear. Um, but working for a woman just, I don't know, it kind of feels different. You get it. It's just any sort of feminine relationship, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah it feels empowering. What would you like to see more represented in the media now? Black voices, yep. queer voices and trans voices. And I think that, um, like I said earlier in, you know, early in our chats, we have come along so way and there's a lot of deeper conversations happening, but we're a long ways away from where we should be and we can be, and hopefully we will be. How, how do we, as you know, I think the next generation of hopefully those great female leaders, how do we um, engage people who don't understand in those conversations? I always like to say patience, you know, and patience and care and understanding, because like I said earlier, um, you know, there has to be a lot of curiosity, but also um, a, a little bit of push, you know, a little bit of push, because you have to have that. And you can only go so far with understanding that people don't get it, but you have to be, you have to be aware and understanding and accommodating, but also, you know, let's, let's get her going. Are there any organizations that you really love that you want to do more work with? Absolutely. The 519 right here in Toronto, just like for someone who doesn't know 519, maybe you can give a little background. Yeah, absolutely. So the 519 is, I mean, any sort of resource that you think you need, the 519 has it. So the 519 is an organization that not only works with, you know, um, queer, trans, however you identify youth and, and young adults, but they also work with families and they, um, they work with a lot. They, it just, it's a resource house. The 519 is a wonderful organization. And I don't know if you've partied at Toronto Pride, but the beer gardens that happen at Toronto Pride right outside the 519, that's their major you know, funding organization. Um, and I have to give a shout out because we obviously during the pandemic don't have pride. That's how they get most of their money is with pride. So yeah. if you, if anybody listening uh, can donate to the 519, I love them. They have saved, literally saved lives. Uh, We're going to put a link the in city. the show notes. Yes, please. And thank you within the city and within, within Canada. Love that. Have you ever thought of starting an initiative of your own to support like-minded people? Absolutely. I would love to. I, you know, it is a bit, folks who work with initiatives, organizations and charities are smart folks. And if I could ever, you know, get into that sort of thing, but it's a, it's a hard thing to do. And it, it takes a lot of care and a lot of, and a lot of love. And I, I would love to get, get something going. Yeah. Hopefully within the next few years or later on in my career. Tell me about something that never worked out as it should have on air. Just a regular old radio question in the spotlight. Oh, these are hard questions on the spot. I have to go through, go through my bits. Um, Oh shoot. I don't know. You have to edit this part out of me thinking, oh my gosh, it's okay. Uh, My long list of bits that didn't land. Oh, I have lots. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh, I, um, I did a, (laughs) I, uh, so when I first moved to Prince George, I was new and I, you know, was from Nova Scotia. I'd never been to Northern BC. So I tried to launch this like, you know, uh, kind of like get to know me thing, like find a friend. Like I was looking to find a friend and um, Prince George is, uh, well, Prince George, I guess is Northeast or Southeast. Anyways, a powder King, which is this huge ski hill in, in Prince George. And I tried to run a contest and my boss, I don't know if my boss knew about her, he was for it, but I tried to like run a contest where like you come up with me for the day, we go skiing together. And I think I had like maybe three applications. Like nobody wanted to come. And I don't know if it was because you were like trapped with somebody you don't know, or like if they just didn't want to come with me, but I didn't have any applications. And I was like, it's a free day of skiing and nobody came. So I was like, guys, don't worry. I got, I got a bit like, you know, 
yeah, tw 20 year old Jax is here. I'm like, nobody wanted to come. My boss was like, yeah, that didn't go well. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> still, still waiting for my friend to come skiing with me. Well, still, even on Indie 88 weekends, ask me how many times it's like you do a call out for something and you're like, so-and-so just emailed in. They really didn't. I'm making this up. And you're like, dude, this is a good bit. Why aren't you like, why aren't you email? <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you believe in your bit and just, just doesn't land. It happens. Oh, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Tell me about one of your uh, most proud moments on air. Oh, my most proud moments on air. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, I would say uh, the first, the first time I was able to openly fully, cause I mean, I was a solo jock to fully talk about uh, coming out actually um, with, with the guys, with Adam and TJ. I got How to did you do it? Yeah. We did it on air. It was during pride. I had done kind of like a CP 24 hit talking about pride. And I, you know, kind of chatted a little bit about it there. Adam wild is um, I mean, he's a tremendous broadcaster, but he's also really good at getting things out of me and making me feel safe. And I hadn't really told my, because like when you're solo, you're not really being asked the questions. Right. So I hadn't, I talked about being out, but I hadn't really been asked questions. Then he kind of like, did an interview and I am um, I had a lot of like messages from young queer folks and that was one of my parents moments that I got to like you know like, kind of genuinely talk about that and then the second one was um I was terrified I'm, I'm not good with heights and I did the edge walk um with with CN Virgin Tower, right? um, CN Tower yeah I was um I thought I was gonna pass out and I did the uh edge walk with Richard Branson which <laughs> Uh, the head, like he, yeah, the bill, which my, uh, my dad was a huge Richard Branson fan and he, like he was passed, but I was like, this is like, he would have been so proud. He, he thought he was really, really cool. So I, um, like literally thought I was going to puke on him or pee myself, but so that wasn't very, <laughs> um, prideful, but yeah, it was a really cool moment. That's awesome. When, when did you know, uh, that it was time to come out? I don't, uh, I was 17 when I came out. I knew, I knew that there was something wrong. I knew that I wasn't myself. And I knew that it was time to come out and be myself around 17 because there was just this like, and when I came out, it was such relief and it was such comfort. And that's when I felt right was when I was like, actually, you know, yeah. um, open and, and transparent with my parents. Um, I came out as bi yeah, when I was 17 years old. So it was terrifying, but I felt um, that it was time to come out around then. Yeah. I'm uh, listening to an audiobook right now. It's Brandy Carlisle's new book. I don't know if you're a fan of Brandy Carlisle, but yes. Yeah. Highly recommend. It's called Broken Horses. And yeah, she talks a lot about just those moments where she knew that like things she was feeling like in an argument with herself almost. I wasn't being true to myself. Um, right. And I felt like I felt this like weird sense of like guilt and shame about something and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I um, I talk a lot about this on air, but I was a mess as a teenager. I was a bad that was wild and a lot of it was just confusion shame and guilt and that's how it was presenting right so um yeah, yeah what are those time. what are those things like whether it's like back then when you were 17 or now uh when you do have conflicting feelings and you know you need to take care of yourself a little more how do you how do you like shut everything else around you and take a few minutes for you what is it mm -hmm. for you that brings you back down to where you need to be well i remember like even at the beginning of the the podcast you said the time that you saw me um chat at that panel uh, that you thought i was confident i have tremendous anxiety like i i have performance anxiety yeah and i do have to like kind of reset myself a lot um with those sort of things mindfulness therapy it, like therapy is incredibly important to me and something that 
Um, yeah, if you have access to it, everybody should have access to it. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's imperative. Um, but yeah, mindfulness, I need to have like some sort of activity in my life now, like some sort of, I mean, it's hard in a pandemic, but yeah, exercise. And like, I love to have a bath. I love a bath, a midday bath, a midnight bath. I love to have a bath. It just, no, but like, honestly, if I'm like, things get tricky, things get hairy. I'm like, I just put myself in the bath, give myself a time out. I can't even tell you how many baths I have had in this pandemic. Right. right? All I the can't time. get out of the, I can't get out of the bathtub. I can't. It's too Sorry, good. I'm not on video right now, but I'm here. <laughs> TJ called me at one time because I forgot to take myself off mute when we were on a call and he could hear the water splashing. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God. You can do it. It's a pandemic. I need a bath, you know? Yeah. Baths forever. Yeah. hundred percent. Last thing I'm going to ask you um, before we get into uh, who you would like to nominate to come on this podcast Yes. is, um, you know, I've seen your face literally on a bus shelter. Have you had any weird experiences just from being, you know, in the spotlight so much where it, it's got a, a little hairy? <laughs> Um, I, uh, I tried like, yeah, I tried to join Tinder last year and people kept messaging me and saying that somebody had a fake profile of me. And I was like, it's me. And I just, it's me. That was the number one reason I never got on a dating app was literally because like, you know, in, in London, Ontario, if I went on a dating app, the whole city would have known right away. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, it's me. And, but I was like, yeah, it's just, it's awkward. Yeah. Everybody knows, but I'm like, no, it's me and I'm here, but can we go on a date? No. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's been sort of awkward sometimes definitely going on dates, you know, in a relationship now. So thankfully she believes Good. that it's actually me. Um, but, uh, did you guys meet on a dating app? No, we, we met actually through, um, bubbled friends earlier in the pandemic, which is the most odd thing to meet somebody actually in real life in a pandemic, but she's the most wonderful thing. So it's, it's been the like silver lining. Yeah. Silver lining of, of the pandemic. I had some interesting experiences on the dating apps this year. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I don't even want to have anyone in my house. (laughs) Bye-bye. Like, what is it like? Are you on them now? Like, what is it like right now? What is it like right now? Well, uh, what's the third wave vibe? The third wave vibe has been sort of like, you can only really go on a walk like earlier in the pandemic, like, you know, last May and June when things were opening up, it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. go on a golf date with you. But yeah. to me, and by the way, we do need to golf. We we've been trying Gee, to, I was about to ask, we uh, are going go to golf. golf this summer. Cause it was last summer. Yeah. I think, I think one time I was going with uh, Lisa, Lisa from Chum. She was like, we need to, oh, you're going with Grassy. Yeah, that's right. You're going with Grassy. Shit. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. We are going to Grassy has to come on this podcast as well, by the way. But yeah, like, you you know, to expect someone to take you on a golf date, like, er, you know, that early in things when that's like all you're comfortable with, it's like pretty expensive. <laughs> it's, I was going to say those green fees, man, those green fees aren't cheap. Have a beer. You gotta really what? like you. <laughs> yeah. So no, I would say no success on the dating apps. There's been lots of like, I put like, m- you know, music media, I keep it generic yeah. and hope that no one matches my face to the Indy 88 website or, you know, things like that. Oh, they will. They'll find you. They'll find you. <laughs> so no, but for the most part, dating is super weird. And I'm very glad that you uh, had something come up during this pandemic. That's lovely. It was like, I, yeah, because I was on it in like March when the pandemic first began. And it was like very, it was very clear that people were trying to figure out like, okay, do we go on dates? Do we not? Like it was just, it was an odd time, but 
yeah, the the wild world, the wild world of dating apps right now. Yeah, uh, my most oh. recent is like, please just don't call me Sarah Bear. That's the one that uh, came up recently. Are, are they calling you Sarah Bear? They call me Sarah Bear. Yeah, so. draw the line there. No Sarah Bear. You'd be like, I'm a grown ass woman. Don't call me Sarah Bear. Yeah, I'm like logging out for life. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I like to end this podcast by asking you about three women that you really respect that you think should come on and tell their stories. Okay. Um, first off, I'm going to say uh, Katie Kelly from Halifax. Uh, she is. Um, she was actually the head of promo when I was uh, working at the Pink Palace in Halifax. Uh, and she, since she's become a TV sensation, so she's on CTV Halifax, and she's just the most wonderful thing. And she is a woman who like just pushed her way to the top in Halifax. She started, I think, Street Team, and she's just like she is a force to be reckoned with. I absolutely like. Did you start I, I on love Katie Kelly too? Yeah, I was doing part time. I was doing anything that they would pay me for. Yeah, anything. I was like, oh, yeah. I will drive. I'll, I'll do roll anything. the wires. It's fine. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I did Street Team too. Okay, two others. Two others. Well, uh, we're gonna go on that note because I think that we should all go play golf together. I'm gonna say Lisa Grassi. Um, because she, I've known her and I mean, I was working for a different station when I first started, but I met her through mutual friends. She was one of the first people I met through Toronto and she has consistently been the warmest presence I've ever met. Like just, yeah, just incredible. And she is like, she's brilliant as an understatement. She's a brilliant music mind. She is just, yeah, she's one of the best women to have in industry. Like we're lucky. We are lucky to have Lisa. It's so funny. I had no idea that you met her through mutual friends. Like as it appears, just based on like seeing you guys out and everything, I thought you guys Mm -hmm. have known each other for decades. Like, yeah. She's like, she's one of the, and she is just, and like, you know, like those sneaky, funny people. Like she's she just is sneaky. Funny. Funny. You know I mean? Yeah, she doesn't even know she's being funny, and like I'm like losing it, just absolutely losing it. Yeah, I love her too. Yes, hundred percent. Okay, one more. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had her on, but I will. I have to say, um, my gal Karen Steele because she was just, uh, she's my program director now. She was responsible for bringing me here to Toronto. Like you should have heard my demo applying to be in Toronto. She believed in me for whatever reason, and uh, yeah, she's been in my corner through so much just through so much and yeah she's such an advocate and she is just like she's so vivacious she's so funny and she is she is a smart woman and she's been through you know she's been through music she's been through promo she's been through programming and she's been through it all and she is hilarious and yeah she again she's a force yeah okay right I don't know if you had her on or not no no Um, I haven't had her on yet yeah there's so many incredible incredible women in media I know and that's why it's like you know, at this time that we're recording this, like I've only released six episodes because I'm doing yeah. it my weekly, but like already there seems to be a need perhaps for a weekly. <laughs> no, I could go on. Like, I mean, even just like in-house, I mean, we have like Shannon Burns, Sam East, like Meredith Shaw, like Ashley Greco, like there's so many wicked women just within the building. And like, it's nice to see just it's nice to run out of time to celebrate women. You know what I mean? Like that's a good thing to see in the industry. Hell yeah. yeah, That the list is too long. Like that's a nice thing to see because I'm sure it wasn't like that years ago. Oh my God. No, like I, I might, I might make it weekly. We'll see. There's so many good folks, but yeah, Lisa Grassi, you and I need to go golfing. Like I'm down. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I have loved your work in Toronto since you've been here. And I'm just glad that I saw you in the bathroom and told you you were awesome that one time. You're sweeter. Um, honestly, thank you so much for having me on and what you're doing here. Like we're, we're lucky to have this sort of platform and the fact that you're doing all the hard work and, and, and celebrating women like this. 
um, yeah, you're you're so wonderful. So thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We will golf soon. I'm, I'm going to win. You watch out. Does that sound threatening? <laughs> if you like what you're hearing on the Women in Media podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast service and even leave a review if someone's story has really resonated with you. I love how open my guests so far have been about some topics that aren't always easy to talk about. You can follow along for news on future guests and new episodes at Women in Media Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you heard me say to Jax, this may need to be a weekly thing. I have so many important conversations I want to share with you this month that there will be a new episode every week. Until next episode, I'm Sarah Burke, and thank you so much for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's this luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.